Hey everybody, it's Friday. Welcome back to a Rocky Star Podcast. This is your host, Brian Argot, talking NFL draft and some NBA postseason. We are getting closer to the finals. Uh, a big upset this week. Uh, big upset in the NFL draft. Uh, just a lot to get to. I'm uh, talking with my good pal, Skylar Treppel. He was on the podcast a few years ago, and I'm bringing him back on to talk some NBA and some NFL. Let's get to it. My pleasure. What's up, Skylar, man? It's it's been it's been a bit, man. It's been two years. I know I had you on a few years ago. You t- you talked about your story. I know you're a big Kobe guy, big basketball yes. guy, and uh, you came down to L.A. Uh, to you you went to USC actually. Just finished up there. Big congratulations yes. on that, man. And uh, t- tell me how how was that experience? And uh, tell us also about your new podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. I had so much fun last time uh, being interviewed by you and hearing all the amazing stuff you're up to. And absolutely, man, it's hard to believe that it's uh, been that long. Time flies, lots of sport. I mean, right, we'll talk about it all, but you look at this week alone and how much has happened in sports. You think about the last two years, it's incomprehensible. Regardless, so yes, I did finish with my master's of specialized journalism, specializing in sports and entertainment at USC, and it was a fantastic experience. Last time I talked to you, I was home in Canada because of COVID doing it remote. I did get to go out to LA for nine months, finish the degree, cover the football team, cover the basketball team, be a multimedia sports editor, columnist, sports anchor, uh, gained tons of experience there. So that was really, really incredible experience. I'm not even covering everything here. It would take too long to say everything I did, but (laughs) main thing was I worked as hard as I possibly could and got as much experience as I could. Arts, culture, and entertainment reporter as well. That led to the entertainment stuff. And uh, other than that, yeah, no, I, I have my new podcast, Sky High Sports and Entertainment, on the Believe Network as well, from all the experience. I am a huge Kobe fan. He was very, very inspiring, and it was a wonderful uh, way to start my podcasting career and get some good interviews under my belt. But I think overall, it just something I loved about Kobe was that he never boxed himself in. Uh, he was an athlete who went on to go win an Oscar, which is the definition of not being boxed in. And yeah, I, no, I think with that pod, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, I was saying, yeah, Kobe definitely, he, uh, yeah, he went out, did it all. And he, even after that, was really big on uh, uh, exploring to be a more entrepreneurial in his uh, second half of his career. I uh, couldn't agree with you more, man. No, absolutely. And so that was something with the podcast a little bit was I love talking about Kobe. I always do. I still do. Uh, he inspired my love of sports. He inspired me to just be a better person all the time and persist. But I wanted to do something that that wasn't boxed in. That was what I started thinking is I love movies and television and music. And so many sports lovers love movies, music, and television. And there are so many parallels. So that's what inspired Sky High Sports and Entertainment, which was actually the name of my first blog. I used to get my first writing job at Fansided. And I turned it into this podcast on Believe. And yeah, it covers sports. It covers basketball and football because I don't just get to talk about basketball either in the first half. And then the second half of the show in roughly 20 to 30 minutes is always covering movies and music and the best of and some uh, music and some TV and TV, lots of great TV shows out, Succession, Yellow Jackets, Ted Lasso uh, and the and the intersection of sports and entertainment and interviews. I would love to talk some yellow jackets sometimes. <laughs> Man, oh, know, 100%. I, I, man. To... I love, I'm happy to hear you're into that fantastic show. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm into Yellowstone and a lot of other TV shows. 
Uh, but, but yeah, man, we could, we could be, spend a whole podcast on that. Um, what I want to talk to you about today and uh, congratulations, by the way, on all, on all that. I'm glad you're starting, you know, starting the new podcast and everything like that with Believe Network and and doing great there. Uh, Thank one you. thing I want to touch on, man, is uh, let, let's start off with uh, the NFL draft. We had it last night. Today's Friday. For, uh, the first round was last night. And it was, well, for, first, before the before that happened, Lamar Jackson signed with the Ravens. Yeah. And uh, that we were, we were all eating, uh, we were all eating lunch at uh, over at Fox. And I was like, I was like, oh man, Lamar just signed. And it was just like, you know, big, big buzz saw happen because obviously that was three hours before the draft. And um, everyone was like, whoa, you know, I'm like, God, I wonder what he signed for because the Ravens, you know, surely had no, of int- not, I'm not saying no interest, but they, they weren't willing to really go high from what it seemed like. Then when I saw the numbers, I was like, wow, he got more than Hertz, 5 million more than Hertz. And uh, now as yeah. average annual salary now is $52 million a year, one more million than Hertz per year. Uh, were you shocked at this deal? I am because when you brought up Jalen Hurts, I just realized something. We've seen the two richest contracts for quarterbacks or ever in NFL history in, in the same week. week. Yeah, that's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, when you put it in that perspective, it's absolutely huge. It's great for the development of quarterbacks and diversity at the position of black quarterbacks as well. And I am surprised that after Lamar publicly tweeted that he had requested a trade, that it ended up this well in this spot and without an agent. Brilliant move by Lamar, really. They have Odell Beckham Jr. now, and uh, I could definitely see the Ravens winning one Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll, I don't think they'll be a multiple Super Bowl team, but one over the next five years. Got it. Yeah, I'm not not willing to go that high. I need to see Lamar Jackson win a playoff game first. Before I call yeah, good point, good point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, definitely was a big shocker to me. Um, good job by Lamar. You got you got the money you wanted. Um, I think he wanted the Deshaun Watson deal. I think this is uh, like kind of what the deal for um the Ravens that they were initially looking for. They're like they were willing to go up to a certain amount of number, guaranteed around like one sixty to one eighty. But Lamar, obviously, I think he wanted the full like two thirty. He wanted the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, well, when Hertz signed the deal, they're like, we'll give you that contract. They're like, we'll give you that. And, and I think Lamar is like, you know, fine, I'll take that. I just want a little bit more guaranteed and a little bit more money. And I'm pretty sure Lamar will end up playing all five of those years. No doubt. Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely, um, for, for Lamar, I, I, I gotta say like for my, my fandom of him as a player, it took a big hit. Um, cause I think he could have played in that playoff game against the Bengals. Um, yeah. and even, even if he couldn't play in that playoff game. Um, he wasn't at the game at all. He was, he was at home watching the game. He could have been yeah, there supporting his fair. team. Um, he could have been supporting Tyler Huntley as you know, he, uh, was his backup for the last two years. Lamar was hurt and could have been supporting them. They were really close to win that game. Um, so I was, I was absolutely kind of shocked that the Ravens did the deal, but then again, it's like, um, it was just hard because, uh, do you let Lamar Jackson walk? Who was a top eight quarterback when he's playing? Um, yeah. And then, and yeah, the MVP other thing was, caliber. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. One MVP. Um, yeah. And also it's like another team is like, well, are we going to give up two first round picks? And I think the Ravens were like, you know what? We, we got this quarterback. We're not maybe in love with the other quarterback options. Cause you know, uh, Carolina already decided on Bryce young uh, before that, when they made that humongous trade. So it's like, well, the quarterbacks in the draft aren't that great. We're ready to win now. And we got Lamar Jackson. Let's get this done. And I'm sure um, when Lamar kind of, 
you know, speculated like, well, here, here's that deal. Um, everything kind of fell in together for both sides, but, uh, definitely like, uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson going in next year. I'm not sure how his teammates yeah. really feel about him. Um, I, I wonder how they do feel because, um, it was m- money. It was, he chose money over, over his teammates. And that's, th- that's simply how it was. I'm not going to say like, you know, all, all look, his teammates are probably happy that he got paid there. He's making significantly a lot more than a lot of them. Um, and that they'll ever will make. And, you know, they're like, look, we're out here putting, you know, sacrificing our butts online. We're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you weren't there for us. Like, I, I got to imagine that's how some of them felt. I, and I think some of the, even on the other side, um, not on the other side, but when, when uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers, when he came out and did that, I got to imagine the, 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 some of his teammates on the Packers were feeling the same way. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting point you bring up. I think that, you know, in the NFL, obviously there's an understanding with the quarterback, but you definitely want to support, uh, your teammates and I guess just with you're, you're the leader I, of the team. I, yeah like I, yeah exactly and so I I wrote I wrote the hype train a little bit with I think Odell Beckham Jr. signing and it's just the thing is I've seen when a quarterback because this is I think the positive side is that this is a commitment commitment to the team by Lamar as well and I, I agree with what a lot of what you're saying uh, so I think that with Odell Beckham Jr. on the team and Lamar and if some winning kicks in you could say, and he was, yeah, with the injuries last year, it would have been, I, I think they could have done a lot better and won at least a playoff game had he not been, but that's the reality of football and yeah. uh, such a physical sport. And I do think that, that it is, the only thing is it sends a revamp message to the team. Like, let's go, I'm committed. So it depends on whether the players can get behind that and having Odell on the team and people wanting to come play with him or whether it comes off as him being better than the team. And I'm hopeful that it will come off more that things can get revamped this year. They can, this can be a real rejuvenation for the Ravens. But again, we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. You made a great point. Uh, the Odell deal being done uh, as of last week or two weeks ago. And then uh, they, yeah, even talking about the draft, they, uh, they drafted a receiver. Um, a yes. Really, yeah. Exactly. Flowers. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Zay, who's supposed to be, you know, I think he was like the top one of the top three wide receivers to go in the draft, right? I mean, from like a talent standpoint, like yeah, that was a steal. Honestly, I'm surprised he went that low. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, we and we could segue right into the draft. Actually, let's let's kind of do it. Um, uh, we we knew. I think everyone in America knew that Bryce Young was gonna go one. I mean, the odds for him was minus uh, twenty thousand. If you have, oh my anyone. god, <laughs> yeah. So. The odds hit that that low or that high for him, I should say. Um, and you know, Carolina was uh him. Did the second pick, CJ Stroud, did that surprise you with the Texans? It didn't actually no. I thought I did think that he was gonna go second because I think Bright, first of all, I, I'm a big, big, big Bryce Young fan. I oh, love the Drew yeah. Brees comparison. He has those intangibles, he can pass from the pocket, he can make ridiculous throws, he can play in the clutch. And I don't think C.J. Stroud is Bryce Young. Um, I think Bryce Young has, as I said, more intangibles. But as far as tangible stuff, man, C.J. Stroud can make some ridiculous throws, great pocket passer, and arguably better athleticism. I don't think he's better than Bryce Young at all, um, but I do think that it was a good pick for the Texans. And he it's a quarterback-rich draft, really, and he could be a special player for them in the future. So I'm not surprised that he went number two, and I think that's a good pick. But Carolina is is revamped. They could win the NFC South this year, I yeah. think, with Brady gone. 
Um, and I think Bryce Young uh, really, really could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback with his talent and mentality. Yeah, no, I d- definitely agree. I mean, because right after those two quarterbacks, um, it pretty much fell off, right? I mean, you, yeah. you had like uh, Anthony had, Richardson's the gamble. Yeah, I would say, you know, Richardson going. But after that, obviously, uh, what what's his name um, is supposed to go t- today. Or, Will Levis, yeah, yeah Will, Will Levis, who fell and is going in the second round, unbelievable. Um, not, not really, not really shocked by it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not shocked. I, I saw some tape on him. There was nothing there that's like you know stuck out. And I think like, I mean, after watching all 32 teams drafted, they really drafted the position players. Like, it was a very, yeah, you know, teams were like, look, we're gonna get a guy who could come in and help right now. Like you saw it with New England, they drafted their cornerback. Um, you, you, you saw the the Eagles go after two defensive players you know maybe they got the steal of the draft with uh carter but like mm-hmm. um you know it's like it's it seems every team is addressing their need besides the lions i don't know what they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, true. They, they drafted a running back um you know i'm yeah, sure they're probably good but they have there they have two they have two running backs already and then um they got they drafted a guy who they got in the second round who was but um yeah i the whole the whole uh it, that, that's a that's the kind of draft that it, it seemed it seemed like for the for the most part was there any was yeah. there any was there anything that was really shocking to you that happened uh w- with any uh sp- particular teams last night I'll tell you why will Levis was shocking to me is that ESPN had it at a point less than a point one percent chance that he would not be drafted in the first round as far as odds go so i understand like i agree the interceptions that he threw were horrific when you really analyze it but the fact that espn had it that unlikely uh, is just absolutely crazy so i think i think that was a big shock for sure um although definitely the the mayonnaise and coffee and eating a banana with the peel on and posting that and having that promoted on social media. It's not a good look when you're about to get drafted and uh, apparently lots of concerns about his attitude and arrogance as well. Um, Something that I, I would say something I think will surprise people more is Jordan Addison from USC. Um, I think I was a bit surprised. I'm not surprised because wide receivers get drafted lower now, but I think Jordan Addison at 23 is low. That's a Bolitnikoff winner. That was the best in the nation at wide receiver. And uh, I think that's a big, big draft for the Vikings. I think USC's had some great receivers with Almond Ross St. Brown getting drafted at what, 27 and doing great. Drake London was drafted appropriately last, last year but also a great receiver but i think jordan addison going that low is going to be a huge huge steal for the vikings at the end of the day and then the texans trading up at number three uh for for carter was pretty was pretty surprised for uh sorry will anderson was really yeah, yeah, surprised. yeah i know you meant yeah i know though when they when they went back up i was like god what did they give up and for for this number three overall pick and they gave up a lot they give up next year's first um their their own first for this trade to move all the way up to to get that yeah they're they're getting out of rebuild mode really quick they're they're hoping to get it's too soon exactly yeah it's way too soon i i would not have done that trade um like they could have sat back and wait maybe got a mid-round pick and got somebody else that was going to be just impactful because they're not a player they're not a player away like i understand if they were in the playoffs like this team has so much uh needs that i don't think like maybe D'Amico Ryan's saying something different uh, because obviously I think he had some kind of say so. You know, he wants this guy 
uh, maybe him and the GM had some compromise there, but man, that was a, a bit of a shocker. And uh, next year, I would not be shocked if that pick is a top eight pick in the draft. That they uh, definitely that they, and they, they yeah, hundred percent. I was also going to say Anthony Richardson. I think. Uh, I mean, at that point, you sort of knew the Colts were going to go for a quarterback, so it was probably either him or Will Levis. But yeah, I mean, he's got what a six four, two forty build, but can run a four four. So he's almost like a unicorn type quarterback. Um, but it's he's only started thirteen games in college. So I think with Richardson, it's going to come down to work ethic at the end of the day, or else he could be a Jamarcus Russell, unfortunately, as far as his career panned out. So well, that'll be I, a big wild card. Well, the thing with uh, Steichen, their new with the new. Um head coach you know he him coming from philly i think he saw what he could do last year with jalen hurts running the ball and i'm uh, not yeah. saying not saying richardson is jalen hurts but maybe he that's what he's kind of thinking he's like well we need a quarterback mm-hmm. we've had all these veteran guys come in the last four or five years this is a team that it is a team that's ready to win like there's nothing around the colts have the position players uh that team is ready to win they have a really good offense um, yeah so i mean i'd be really i'd be really curious to see how they build out the rest of the draft, because that is a team that could be a sleeper team going into it next year. I uh, agree. Depending on how he runs that offense, because if anything, yeah, his yeah, potential is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and, and plus like I, the, not only that, you know, but the, they could have a really strong running game because Richardson, he, like I said, from doing all the, the research on him, he likes to run the ball. I, I didn't, I can't say I watched a lot of him, but um, he, they can run the ball with him and they can use him similar to how they use Hertz. But um, yeah, that that's like that's the thing with the Colts. Um, it it was one thing in the draft was a bit shocking is you mentioned when you mentioned Addison earlier at receiver, is the whole thing with the receivers falling because the first receiver wasn't taken to number twenty, right? And I'm like, this is the yeah, this crazy. is the position this is a position that is so highly sought after. Teams are always looking for receivers. I'm like, how can three of the best receivers fall to the twenties when? Like when a receiver's a free agent, they're they're making fifteen to twenty million dollars. Like they're they're always yeah. sought after. It's like how come you just if you're a team, you're like wow these guys are sitting there, I can't believe it. Like trade up and get get one of these guys because you're gonna save a lot more money uh, on the back end, when, especially when it comes to free agency. Like you could like r- running backs. Like there's two running backs drafted in the top eleven, which is kind of insane to think about it. Besides BJ, uh, yeah, yeah, you know Robinson who is an absolute you know freak. I I was like if he would have felt the Eagles at 10, I would like look, definitely go grab him because he's gonna be a guy that can definitely change your guys your offense. But you know, with the when the Lions drafted uh the, their running back, I was like, wow, this is kind of um interesting over three receivers or a few different receivers who are highly talented at their positions for, for sure, right? Uh I thought that was a bit of a shocker in, in that absolutely you know. no definitely a lot lots of receivers could have helped the team. And I think this is the whole, you know, whenever I think of the NFL draft, I always think of Tom Brady going at number 199 in the sixth round. (laughs) It's all speculation. Often, like, it's funny. Like, sometimes I think fans like us might even have better perspective if you're too in the weeds, if you're too focused on analytics, if you're too single-mindedly focused. And I think that's probably how receivers ended up going so low. It's like, oh, we need this person or this guy. Whereas if you take a step back, 
you can see that receiver is just such a valuable position, no matter what analytics and data you have on other people. And I think that, uh, like I said, I, I think some teams will really regret passing on players like Flowers and Jordan Addison in particular. Jordan Addison is a very special player, and I expect him to make some big plays in the league. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that, like the, those position players, uh, cornerbacks, um, offensive linemen, and um, and receivers, and of course, quarterbacks are the most valuable positions to have because they cost the most money. Right. And yeah. you know, the other, you could always plug and play in certain other, in other positions, but like you, you could do that with running backs. Um, it's just, it's a passing league. You know, you could have running backs come in from the third and fifth round and maybe you'll, you'll hit a blue chipper um, in, in one exactly. of those. And so it's like it, and you know, also running backs just don't get paid like they used to, you know, maybe one or two, Oh. And that's, you know, unless you have uh, Derrick Henry, he's probably like one of the only guys that is going to get paid. Uh, say we just saw Saquon Barkley get franchise tagged. He's not going to get paid. I mean, he, if he does well again next year, they'll franchise tag him again. They're not going to put him on a long-term deal. That's just, that's just how it is. It's a uh, different, you know, uh, league now for the running backs. But uh, yeah, I'm just Absolutely. really, really shocked that teams don't think more like this. I think they get caught up in like, oh my God, this guy is going to, you know, he's going to be the next big thing. And, you know, we need him on our team instead the of the analytics say this. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of what we actually really need, we, you know, I like I, for some teams, I'm like, uh, you know, you're a few years away. Why don't you, why don't you uh, just think about your rebuilding plan in, you know, maybe this year is not your year, but next year where there's a, it's a it's supposed to be a, a QB rich draft next year and just really go all in. Yeah. Caleb Williams is going to be all time. Yeah. C- Caleb Williams. You have a, uh, Who's the quarterback out of Texas? Uh, Ewers is supposed to come out. Uh, yeah. or is that Tennessee? Am I thinking of uh, Tennessee? Maybe. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, all those kind of quarterbacks coming out next year. And it's like, you know, this year, Bryce Young, high tally, but it's like, it was nothing like it was in 2021 when you had, you know, the Niners trading up all the way up to number two to take Trey Lance. Or they, you know, they're undecided. There was like moments where like, oh, we're going to draft Mac Jones. We're going to do this. But they traded to uh, you know another first round pick to trade up like eight spots to do that, and you know you kind of see where that could get costly. It's like this this wasn't that kind of draft. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, let's move let's move on from the NFL draft. Let's uh, get into some exciting NBA playoffs because that's what it's uh, oh, it's man. been madness uh, recently. It's been awesome. Yeah, and uh, we ha- we have a lot of uh, to talk to. Last night the Celtics wrapped up uh, the their series against the Hawks. Um, I don't think that, I don't know how that series went six games, but the Celtics allowed it. Um, first question is for you is, uh, what are you concerned about the Celtics? My concern about the Celtics. I am, man. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Miami heat in a second, but I've, I've been saying they're a dark horse for a long, long time. And yeah, I'm in many ways, I'm least concerned about them. I just think the fact that the Celtics allowed it to go six games is concerning. Here's the thing in their series coming up with the 76ers for me. It, it, it really, Joel Embiid is the X factor for both teams. If Joel Embiid is at his best, if he can score even 25 points a game, I think the Sixers win that series. If Joel has any games of 17, 18 points, which we saw in Brooklyn where they got the clean sweep, I think the Celtics are too good of a team. And that if Philly slips up just a little bit, they will take the series. Um, I'm always concerned about the Celtics because even though they made the finals, I don't know. They, they, they didn't close the deal last year. I don't see them being much better, if better at all this year, other than Malcolm Brogdon, really. 
Um, so I think that I think there are some concerns, and I think that series comes down to Joel Embiid primarily. Oh yeah, no, the Joel Joel Embiid is going to have to score fifty because I mean the Celtics play them pretty well, right? Throughout the whole yeah. regular season, played them really well. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, he hurt his knee in Game Three. He was not doing good. He missed Game Four uh, of the uh, Brooklyn series, and uh, they end up sweeping. Fortunately, he's had about a week rest now. And Celtics, who were hoping to probably wrap this up by now, uh, they'll be playing. You know, here what I think on come Monday or Tuesday when, um, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, the the uh, 76ers, I I think there's a lot of concern with James Harden. He hasn't played well. Um, he has been been really healthy, especially to finish off the season. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, who's probably the second best player on the 76ers, uh, the Celtics have a lot of guards to throw at him, a lot of wings to throw at him, I should say. And uh, I'd be concerned for the Sixers. Uh, but definitely uh, for Boston, um, there, it's just it, it. I I don't know what it is. Is it the coaching? Is it is it having Marcus Smart in too late? I mean, last night it worked, but um, yeah. What what do you think is the coach that is at fault here? Kind of for for letting this go six because I mean they should have wrapped it up in five. For letting this go six, yeah. I I think it's I think it's coaching. I think it's a bit of a. A bit of a chemistry thing as like still the, the I know they made the finals, but Brown and Tatum are two very dynamic players who either work or they don't. And I think also you got to give a lot of credit to Trey Young for sure, but still uh it should not have gone, it should not necessarily have gone six games. I do one thing when you bring up James Harden, because I, you know, I understand this is a different version of James Harden and that he's getting assists. But something I saw very recently that's, you know, not even out too much yet uh, is that he was just in Vegas and was videoed slapping a man in the face. And if you're doing that before the series, it was like a light slap, but it was messed up stuff. TMZ Sports, that gives me major concern for Philly and that Boston could advance. They're going to have to get it together. I I didn't even see that. Yeah, it just happened. Just happened like an hour ago. Oh, wow. Um. I mean, come on, Harden. What what are you uh, again, man? Someone that just doesn't want to grow up. He he's the player that quit on one team, requested a trade in another team the following year yeah. after. I mean, and he God. was looking like he matured into his role a bit more this year. But man, that that video is uh, is not a good look. It looks like a completely unfocused player on the playoffs, and that doesn't mean he can't go give a great performance. But when you're in the NBA playoffs, when you have an MVP uh, potential. Uh, MVP who will likely win this year in Embiid. Uh, you got to be taking this really, really seriously. And I think that everything needs to go right for Philly to win. Yes. Um, so I, I think that Boston will rebound. But if they do play the Miami Heat, which I expect they will, remember that Miami took them seven games last year and was a Jimmy Butler three away from winning. So I I still think the Heat could somehow pull I- this off. You know what the Heat and let's just get into that right now. What the Heat did to the Bucks in round oh my one. God. I mean, magical. Um, I mean, man, I I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. it, it I mean, like it, it is. It Have is you seen probably, John Wick? Yeah, I've seen John Wick. 
Jimmy yeah. Butler to me is the John Wick <laughs> of the NBA. He he's like the boogeyman. He comes out of nowhere. He's dormant a little bit during the regular season, and then NBA playoffs strike, and he comes in the night to take over. Yeah. And and that's one of the main ways I describe it. Really, I mean, fifty six points, fourth highest scoring performance ever in a playoff game. Follow that up with a forty two point game where you're hitting a game tying shot to win, to like take the that, game into overtime for the series win and you're falling down and you don't even touch the backboard and you're taking over in the fourth. I mean, he is one of, he is an absolute superstar. We have to acknowledge that now. And uh, he, he led that team. He put them on his back, but he'd have some guys who can play as well. Yeah. And uh, I think he could take them he, all the way. He is the, the finals. Please. He's the Madison Bumgarner of the NBA. Yeah. As a bum from uh, baseball, one of the best postseason pitchers you'll ever see, but regular, when it comes to regular season, you're like, what the heck happened to this guy? And what Jimmy, I mean, what Jimmy Butler did in game five, um, although they didn't call the the push off on that final shot, which was <laughs> Jimmy Butler's uh, extremely doing, which a uh, prop, what should have been called. Um, but I mean, what he, what he did, I mean, he ripped the soul out from the bucks um, he's, he got, he's going to get Budenhoser fired. If Budenhoser is not fired, I don't know what is going on there because you yeah, should have been on Butler. His, his huh? You should have been on Butler way more. Oh my God. It's Giannis it, is when, when it's on, right. He's the best defender in the NBA. I mean, so long. Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. And this guy's in the prime of his career. It's like I said, Budenhoser should be gone. Um, they've, I, I'm not going to say wasted, but they did waste a year of Giannis's prime. It's the, these are years that cannot be wasted at this time because the the mm-hmm. Bucks aren't the Bucks don't have a lot of assets. They traded all their assets to get Drew Holiday, who's in his 30s. Um, he's going to be coming up for a contract soon, and I mean, he's he's going to be in his he's not not early 30s. He's not 31. He thinks he's 33, and he's going to be getting a contract extension probably at five years at you know making. $200 million. And that's going to be a lot of money for a guy at that age. Um, they have, they have a lot of other dress, uh, you know, Chris Middleton. Uh, there's a report that came out today. It says rockets want more stars. Rockets might want James Harden back. There's a report that they want uh, Jalen Brown or Chris Middleton um, among those kind of players. Mm-hmm. So Chris Middleton could, could potentially leave. And I mean, although Chris Middleton's definitely not the same player he was two years ago when they won the finals, um, he was in last year. He was hurt, obviously in the in the playoffs, and but he, yeah. he definitely wasn't even the same player he was here. And um, but it's just the thing is, and, and Giannis also getting hurt in game one never helped. He missed a game, uh, missed no, game uh, one, missed of course. Giannis got hurt, but he was on the floor for those two uh, fourth quarter collapses yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, and um, you know, you you would have just thought this team would be able to put them put at least one of those games away to force, you know, maybe a game six or game seven. Um, but it's just, man, it's, uh, it's really just, it's so concerning. And it's just one of the all time, uh, I'm not going to say choke job because J- J- what Jimmy Butler did was just absolutely amazing. I, I, yeah. Upsets for sure though. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest upset you'll, I think you'll see, I mean, from a, from a team that, was absolutely lifeless besides Jimmy Butler because Bam was not playing well. Bam didn't even have a great series. It was, it was Jimmy Butler who, I mean, almost single-handedly did it. And Duncan Robinson came back to life too a little bit there um, in mm. the series. But man, uh, just what what a what a great. I mean, hats off to Jimmy Butler, man. He was he was freaking phenomenal. I 
I still don't see them getting I don't see them getting past the Knicks. I think the Knicks are just at depth. I think they're just have a lot more depth than the Heat. But um for yeah. what they for what they did, it is it is 2008 or 2007 uh the uh Golden State Warriors beating yeah. the Mavericks. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, man, that, that's, that's what this is like. Yeah, exactly. That's what this is Sixth like. Sixth time in NBA history that an eighth seed is upset a one seed. And yeah, that we believe series is special. Baron Davis, Duncan, and Matt Barnes and uh Steven Jackson and and ta- um, taking yeah, out taking out a Mavs team where I mean man, where they went 60 Dirk was MVP that year. Dirk was MVP. They won 67 games, I think, that year. Or something like that. Games. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this is on the same level. This is on the same level that, but it absolutely is. The Bucks were number one in the entire league, and uh, Jimmy Butler comes in and and rips their heart out. And I I think they're good. And also, if the, if the Knicks do win, I don't think the Knicks will uh, advance to the five. I do think it'll be Boston or Sixers in that case. But if Butler shows he can keep this up, and guys like Gabe Vincent, who who you know came alive. Um, can perform and Bab out Bam out of bio can perform up to his usual level and Kevin Love can hit some big shots. I mean, I mean, who knows? So it'll be uh it'll be interesting. It's the most wide open playoffs uh I've seen and, and the most parody in the NBA since the 1970s, really, as far as how anyone could win it. So yeah, yeah, no, it's I, definitely yeah, what's up I, in the East. And also the one thing, and uh, you know, gotta give credit to not only uh, Jimmy Butler, but man, Spolstra just dude. I mean, unbelievable coach. The, oh my the, God. He's the best coach. Time. He's the best coach in the NBA. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like, and I give respects to Greg Popovich, who is, I think is the greatest coach of all time, but different. He, I think he's at a different point in his career now, but Spolstra has mm-hmm. been, he's been the best coach in the NBA for the past few years. And absolutely, man, man, uh, just, un, just unreal. I, I, um, just, I, I'm amazed at the adjustments that he makes. Um, how he gets his team to really be able to turn it around and and uh man he's just done that again with this Miami team it's just it's just unreal it's, uh, yeah he it, always it, finds a way no he's a special coach he it, started it, in the video coordinating room as well yeah within the Miami heat yeah worked, the, worked his way up remember and he almost uh he almost got fired there in 2011 remember when the heat or 2000 yeah 2011 when the heat got off yeah when they lost slow for start sure. yeah they got off to a with slow start three. No, it was it was like probably within the first 20, 25 games where the the Heat weren't mm-hmm. doing that well in the very beginning, and then he he kind of uh, they they started off just really slow, and everyone was like, oh, you know, Pat Riley needs to come down and coach his team. And uh, fortunately, that didn't happen because <laughs> I wonder what the, the league would be like or where Spolster will be on what uh, what kind of team dominating, you know, as far as a from a coaching standpoint. But man, uh, gr- big shout out to him. Uh, let, let's move on to the Lakers, man. I know you want. I know you're itching your clawing you're like brian let's talk about this lakers series got game six tonight here in la uh first the memphis grizzlies um so who do you got tonight man or who do you got Uh, for tonight i i do think that the lakers will close the deal tonight at uh the staples center i know it's called the crypto.com arena i still like calling i I agree with you i agree with you 100 yeah you can't have the dot com in the name but uh, but anyways, no, I th- I think that they do close out the series tonight. I think overall, though, you have to be a little bit a little bit weary for the Lakers going forward because um, John Morant, you know, was not in the whole series. He's not been around the whole season. They have not had the same chemistry. And Stephen Adams was a big loss for the Grizzlies as far as clogging up the paint uh, with Anthony Davis. But I do think in this series, with how they played, as long as one of 
uh, LeBron or a, if LeBron can score like 20 and AD can play a regular AD game, I think they close out the series tonight. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, they're the defense, they just like how they did when they, uh, in game two, in game three, when they came to LA to step it up defensively, like that, that's what they have to do here. Is that to Definitely. really just, because thing is, is the Grizzlies and in, in that also in that game three, they missed a lot of wide open shots. The Lakers can't mm-hmm. have, them shooting wide open shots because the Grizzlies are deadly enough to make those they're, they're, and they, they could get on a rhythm and they have a lot of three point shooters. And uh, that's, that's how they pulled away the, in the um, end of game five. Remember the Lakers were, yeah. they were clawing at that. They clawed at the lead. They were one point away. They, they were, uh, it was a one possession game before the Grizzlies went on like a 14 Oh run at the end of the third quarter there to really uh, oh, to, yeah, for, to force the game six. Yeah, it was really bad. And um, I mean, LeBron had a terrible game that he was, did not shoot well. Um, but it was, it was also just, they were just shooting wide open shots up and down the floor. There was just no contestant. They, the Lakers have to play their style of basketball. They can't try to go yeah. playing King style ball, like where it's like, you know, fast pace, get up the floor and do that. The Lakers have to slow down in the half court. They have to, you know, control, control the ball, control the clock and really win it from the defensive side. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's what they're definitely they're. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, I think their defensive versatility um, since the Westbrook trade and, and shout out to how well Westbrook played on the Clippers, by the way, it was just not a fit with the Lakers and LeBron. Um, but I think he can provide a lot of value to a team in the future. Uh, maybe the Miami heat, we'll see what happens, but uh, regardless, I think the Lakers have incredible defensive versatility since that trade. And I think at home in particular, it really, really sticks out when the crowd is behind them and they have that energy. So that's why I expect them to close the deal tonight. I think D'Angelo Russell will have a good game as well. I think Jared Vanderbilt will put the absolute clamps on the defensive end. Uh, I think LeBron and AD will both show out and have good games as well tonight. Uh, Malik Beasley has been a fantastic addition as well. And yeah, I expect the Lakers are going to get it done. And uh, as much as a game seven, would be fun. I don't think the series is going seven. Yeah, I, I don't think the, the Lakers neither do they want it to go seven because if it goes seven, I would be very scared for them. And obviously, Me too, if they lose two in a row, yeah, and obviously, all momentum would shift to Memphis, um, in, in their favor for sure. Um, yeah, man, let's get into the last series. Also, another game six here tonight where the Warriors are looking to close out the Kings in uh Golden State. Um, do you think this series is done for the Kings? You know, man, I I think it is because of the De'Aaron Fox injury in particular. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a star. He cemented himself in these playoffs. He's going to be a really, really good player in the NBA. First clutch player of the year um, for a long time to come. And he played fantastically. And I give him so much credit for playing in game five with the injury. We do not see enough of that in today. Look, in real life, if you're hurt, Take a day off, take a rest. If you're a sports star and you have millions of fans coming to see you and this might be the only time and you're getting paid so much as well, it's a little bit different. And that's that Jordan Kobe mentality. So I respect Fox for doing it. That being said, I do think that the Warriors have too much momentum right now, having won the last three games. um, I think they're overcoming their road woes. They have chemistry. They've been here before. And without a fully healthy De'Aaron Fox, 
I think the Warriors will close the deal in San Francisco tonight, uh, which means we'll get likely, if both my predictions are correct, a LeBron James versus Steph Curry matchup coming up next. And that would be a blast to watch. Yeah, that's what the NBA is praying for. I mean, that would be all-time ratings. That would be finals, final that finals-esque ratings. I mean, it would yeah, I, like it I it was uh, I think game two or it was game three was like the most watched uh opening round playoff game since two thousand two for the NBA. Uh and that was of wow. the uh that was of the Kings and um the Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Uh but imagine wow. that Lakers uh, Golden State Series what that would actually be. Um for for tonight, I th- I think the Kings, I, I'll give them a shot still. I think De'Aaron Fox, I he he played well in game five. He had 25 points, did not shoot the ball well, missed a lot of three-pointers. He's like what three of ten from from the three in that game. Uh the the finger is obviously an issue. Um I just man, it's just I mean, sometimes the way stuff breaks for Golden State, I just it you know, it just seems to always break in their favor sometimes. I was yeah, like, exactly. when, I, when I saw that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Another injury in golden state's favor last year, John Morant got hurt. Um, as the look like Memphis was gonna, you know, uh, give them some run for their money. And, uh, John Morant got hurt and they, they couldn't stop Morant at all. Not, not like the Lakers are doing right now, but what's the Lakers are just like, Oh, we'll stand in front of you and you go up and hurt yourself. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, they just another, um, I I could go on the Golden State rant. I going back all the way to 2015 if, <laughs> if I could, but um, yeah, 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 man. Um, I I think I think the Kings. I'll give them a slight chance. There is what there is. Uh, really, I mean, just being in Golden State, they play so much better in front of their home crowd, and it's just it's just hard. It's hard to beat them there. It's, it really is. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it exactly. Yeah, if it was in Sacramento. I'd say something different, but yeah, man. I uh, hopefully we'll see. I, I mean, hopefully we'll see the uh, Golden State Warriors and, and Lakers. I mean, it will be all-time matchup for uh, it would for LeBron and uh, Steph to be. And hopefully the winner of that goes on to face, because uh, we haven't even talked Phoenix Suns, so I think we'll win the championship this year with uh, Kevin Durant. I think that offense, that pick and roll, Nikola Jokic was caught today. He asked, how do you defend the Suns pick and roll? And he joked, he said, pray. That was his answer. And I think that uh, if if the Suns close the deal and go, then it would be Kevin Durant versus LeBron or Steph Curry. So uh, lots of fun basketball coming up. Yeah, what's we all want to see? I'm, I'm. It's, it's hard for me to write off Denver. I still, I still think Denver has the best team left in the West, as far yeah. as like from a just starting lineup to how well they play with Jokic. Um, I say, it, you know, the, it's a, it's a really. It's so wide open, man. Any of these teams could make it. It's the most wide open year in my lifetime of following the NBA this year. I I agree, man. I I can't think of going back to maybe 2006 since like this has been really uh, like, oh, wow. You know, Uh, I'd be shocked if they made the finals with them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's really going back to all the way to then. Third year D-Wade. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it sort of has, it has all that flavor to get to. I, I know. Um, I, I'm I'm rooting for De- I'm rooting for Devin Booker. He's my favorite player to watch right now. Um, I, I want. Yeah, to- man. I, I think the Suns can close the deal this year. I really do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, there, there's a there's a lot more to get to. Love to bring you back on sometime, man, to talk some more NBA. Maybe with the finals. Always, man. But uh, definitely, dude. No, it was a blast. I appreciate you having me on so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, we'll we'll definitely um have you back on next time. I thank you guys all for listening to the show. We'll be back on here on Monday. We'll be talking some baseball.
look forward to hearing from you guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed that interview with Skyler. Big thanks for him for coming back on the show. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Uh, more to come uh, later on this week with uh, Steve. We're going to be talking some more MLB here over the weekend. And I uh, can't wait to get to it. Hope you guys all enjoyed this podcast. And please don't forget to share it with your fellow sports fans. You guys all.